0: You know, I was, uh, I was just thinking about something that somebody said recently on a uh, radio show I was listening to about, he said, you know, I wish God would just speak more. I wish he would talk to us more. You ever felt like that? God, just speak to me. Tell me what you want. Give me something that I need. And then uh, and I think about, when I was down there with the grandkids, especially little Landon, you, some of you will remember him, he is off the hook. He, he doesn't slow down. And to watch Trisha try to communicate with him is, uh, is a comedy act sometimes, because once he's doing something, especially like if he's on the, playing a game on the computer or something like that, you'll hear her and it always starts low, Landon. 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 Sound familiar? When she finally gets his attention, she will sit down on the couch or in her chair and she'll say, "Come here." And then he's doing this. Be worried about who's playing his game while he's gone. And he gets up in front of her and she starts talking to him and he's going, And pretty soon she says, stop, look me in the eyes, I am talking to you. And then they stand there in a stare down while she tries to get through to him what she's trying to get through. Sometimes I wonder if God deals with us like that. (laughs) He tries talking slow and low at first, and things and life and worries and concerns jump in our way and it's not that God isn't speaking it's that we're not hearing and he speaks to us in a lot of different ways we have many today that believe that the only way that God speaks is by the printed word and he does speak to us that way Uh, like one preacher said you know when people say I wish God would speak to me he says read your Bible And they said, well, I wish he would speak to me audibly. He said, well, read it out loud. (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) But God, I believe, very much speaks to us. Probably not a whole lot in an audible voice. Frankly, I'm kind of glad that would be scary to me. Um, (laughs) But I think that there are times that I think God has spoken to his people in modern days in an audible voice. Um, but he definitely speaks to us on a spiritual level where he communicates to us sometimes in bed my wife gets dreams. I hate it when she gets those dreams but she does she gets those dreams God gives her and and like warnings or, or uh, uh, directions and things like that usually about me doing something wrong. <laughs> I hate those dreams. <laughs> But God, sometimes I think that God just, one of my favorite spots is on a riding lawnmower. I just think that God and I have some of the best times when I'm on a riding lawnmower. I don't know what it is, but I just start praying and it seems like God starts speaking and it's wonderful. I don't think that the problem is God's not speaking, is that we need to learn how to listen. Go to John chapter 10 with me if you would. Verse 27, John 10, 27. I was waiting to make sure Patty didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, right. John 10, 27. And I just want just this one section, just this one spot. Are you there? You're almost there? This one verse is all I want to look at. And it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I want to read that again. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Father, I ask that you will give us something today that will help us. Lord, that that will teach us how to be in tune to you, how to hear what you're saying, how to pause our life and to to absorb what you're trying to give us. Lord, your word is powerful and it is mighty. And I pray, God, that we will hear what you're trying to say. In Jesus' name, amen. People by nature are terrible listeners. Have you ever noticed that? My son likes to watch some show, I think it's on ESPN, and I think it's called Pardon the Interruption, and he will play that. And what that is, is a whole bunch of guys yelling at all the same exact time. I don't know why that show's interesting to him, because I have no idea who is saying what everybody on the show and they have a list of subjects that they go argue we're going to argue about this one for a while and then we're going to argue about that one nobody is listening everybody is talking it kind of sounds like when you turn on the news and they interview somebody it's immediately arguing and yelling and and we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago but the problem is people don't want to hear What is being said, they want to say their peace. They don't want to hear their peace. And sometimes that's where prayer gets. You know, we God, I have some things to tell you. Kind of what Job tried to do with God. God, you and I need to have a talk. I'm not appreciating what you did in my life here, and you and I are going to talk about it. And God says, yeah, let me talk to you, Job, let me, let me let me lay down some things for you, Job. And then he starts right in and says, Where were you when I created all of this, big shot? Where were you? God was saying, I have some things I want to tell you, Job, and you're going to listen to me. And when God shows up and, and physically stands in front of you and starts talking, you're going to listen. And that's going to be listening time. You're going to listen when we deal with people on the street in my job. They almost inherently don't listen. And we usually have to tell them, stop, I'm talking now. That gets them really offended and then they make complaints about us. But I don't care. It's time for me to talk now. I've already heard your story that doesn't make sense. Uh, now it's time for me to tell you what we're going to do from this point. So we need to learn to uh, to get Tuned to what is being said. Not to not be fooled by any other thing. You probably notice there's a lot of voices in the world today. A lot of voices are trying to say this, and they're trying to say that, and they're trying to say the other. But Revelation chapter two, verse 7 says, He who hath an ear, let him hear. What does that mean? You may have these things sticking out of the side of your head, but that doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going inside. See, that's where I'm at, because I'm mostly deaf. My doctor, my doctor did something. It, just, it, it was the coolest thing to me. He held up a piece of paper, and he looked at me, and he said, Cat. He said, What did I just say? I said, Cat. And he said, Cat. What did I say? I said, cat. He said, no, I said bat. He said, your brain, because it doesn't pick up certain tones and certain sounds, your brain is anticipating what you think that person is saying, not what they're actually saying. Your brain is making up for the deficiency in your hearing. That's why you have trouble, because if somebody is speaking along a line that you understand, you, you kind of know where the conversation is going, you'll follow them, then they'll say something off the wall and you're lost because you don't know what they just said. Or they'll use a a, 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 a sound that your brain doesn't pick up, and that's where I'm at. I, I struggle with that. I watch TV with closed captioning on. It doesn't matter how loud you make it, I can't hear certain tones, so I have no idea what they're saying. And... So the loudness doesn't help me. So it's not that I don't hear, it's just that I don't hear certain things. Hmm, there's a sermon in that. (laughs) Wow, there's a sermon right there. It's not that people don't hear, it's that people only hear certain things. Recently, there was an interview with a very well-known pastor, and they asked him, why don't you ever mention hell or sin or any of those things? He said, because I don't think that people need to hear that when they come to church. They've already been beaten down all week. They don't need to hear that. So we're going to give them an encouraging word when they come to church. My thought is, who inspired that? Is hell and sin in there? Then apparently God thinks we need that. Well, we don't want to hear that part of it. If anybody's ever done public speaking like I'm doing here, especially if you get on a controversial subject, we'll say something and invariably somebody out there will get mad at me for saying something I never said. Not even close, because they picked out a certain thing. They interpreted a certain way. And they only caught a portion of it. But the Bible says, he who has an ear, tune it in. Turn it on. Hear what God is trying to say. How much of the Word of God do we need? The whole thing. We need all of it. If it was irrelevant, if it wasn't useful, God wouldn't have put it in there. We need the whole thing. Word Hebrews 5.11 says, Concerning this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull and sluggish in your spiritual hearing and, inc- and disinclined to listen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you should be teaching by now. But because of of the time you have had to learn these things, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's Word from the beginning. And you have come and continually in need of milk and not of solid food. You mean, way back when Hebrews was written, they were dealing with the same thing (laughs) that we are in 2017. People aren't hearing There are so many, and I'm talking about the church world in general, they already know what they want to hear when they come to church. They're already, this is what I want, that preacher better deliver. If he doesn't deliver this, I'm going to be mad at him because that's why I came. They sometimes, I believe, approach God the same way. God, I need this from you today. And we go back to the children again because we are just big kids. We act, I, I've, I've said this all for, for many years, Christians act just like children. They're, you know, adult Christians act just like children. They're just bigger. <laughs> They're so often the case. And we sometimes, we, we get to that point where we, we're, we get, we we want to play. We want to get, we want to do this way. It, it needs to be a certain way. And God, that's what I want you to tell me. We hear what we want to hear. We, we keep what we like and we reject what we don't like. I might, I might say to you, or say, you know, you say to a child, uh, "I might take you for an ice cream later." What does he hear? "We are definitely going to get an ice cream. If I say to the same child, I might just ground you for a week." What does that child hear then? He said, "No, I'm not getting grounded. It's a possibility. So he's definitely getting ice cream, but he's not getting grounded, even though the phrase was said the exact same way. Because we interpret things the way we like it to come across, the way we want to hear it. We, we, we have our ears attuned to the way, to exactly what we want uh, to, to touch our comfort zone, I guess is the term I'm trying to come up with. Whatever grabs our attention, uh, when we uh, going back to little Landon, mom's trying to get a point across to him. I need you to go get that room clean, and you're not going to do anything until that room gets clean. And so he's at a point, and we we were dealing with this all week, especially with the oldest one, actually Zachary, because we were trying to get across to him. You're ten years old now. If you're told to go clean your room, it would literally take you two minutes two two minutes to go clean your room. Because see, I I learned because I'm I'm slow. I just I still remember when I was a child and my stepmother used to have the same routine. Jimmy, go clean your room, and then I would argue and bellyache and carry on and get about forty-seven whoopins, and then I would finally go get my room clean. It was hours that I did not get to play, and I was. Sore by the time that room finally got clean and one day it hit me it's like a light bulb came on I said you know if I just went in and cleaned my room I could go play <laughs> wow <laughs> revelation and I ran in there when I was told to clean my room and it's like <laughs> things under the bed into boxes in the closet shut the door bam I was back outside playing took me about two minutes it was wow But you know, God tries to get things across to us and we're so hard-headed that he has to drill it in and drill it in and drill it in and drill it in and and shake us a little bit and say, would you listen to me? I'm trying to tell you something. Now, my wife often says that I don't listen to her or something like that, I'm not sure. But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But see, I've come to realize that she picks out things that she likes said too. you know, I can go into a story and I can say, yeah, this is what I did today. I went over and I went to the store, got me a Starbucks and I went over and I grabbed this and I did that. And, and I met this really pretty lady at the store, said that she knows somebody. And then I went off and did this. What did she hear? Pretty lady. Pretty lady. The whole conversation was lost at that point. She heard one thing. And then I can guarantee I'm going to hear it. Who was she? What'd she look like? Was she prettier than me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's how it's going to work. They set us up. Say, I'm going to get a beating later. And then she'll come in holding two dresses. Which one do you like? Guys, you you know, all the men here just had a shiver go down their spine. (laughs) They know that's a setup. I have learned, guys, that you can use this. This this is something that will help you. I've learned. When she comes in with two dresses, she says, which one do you like? I say, which one am I supposed to pick? (laughs) (laughs) Which one would you prefer that I choose here? (laughs) See, we, we... We sometimes already know what we want said, and we approach God that way. God, I'm praying, I get before you, God, do this, do this, but I already know, God, this is the answer I want you to give, and we're shaken when God doesn't give the answer that we were initially hoping for, and sometimes we reject it outright, sometimes we just shut the door on it, we don't want to hear that. See, God is constantly speaking to his people. And I believe that he speaks on so many different planes in so many different ways. I st- I, I'm just one that I, I believe that when you get up in the morning and you walk outside and you see the beautiful sunshine out and there's a hawk flying over and, you know, the chickens are in the yard, I think God speaks in all of that. I believe that God speaks when your little grandbabies come and pile five on top of you, you know, and beating you into the ground. I believe God's speaking in that. I believe that God speaks when you, when you meet somebody out in the... I believe that even in the store that, that there are so many times that that's not random. You think it's random. You think it's random when you walk into a store and you see so-and-so or you talk to so-and-so. We went and ate Japanese in, in North Carolina, and I met a guy that I hadn't seen in probably 10 years, and he lives in Georgia. And we happened to walk into the same restaurant in North Carolina. And, you know, we got to talking and I I just, you know, he burned his arm really bad and he had to actually come to North Carolina to the burn center. And it just gave an opportunity to, to talk to him about the greatness of God and the healing power of God. And, you know, it was just, it was wonderful to see him. We think things are random. God is speaking constantly. He is constantly setting things up in our life and directing our steps and directing our path and letting us see things. When, when somebody says or does something and it kind of clicks in our mind and we think, wow, you know, there's a message in what, what just happened right there. There's, so, there's something I can learn. And Everything is about God speaking to us. But we sometimes don't like what He says. Say, I'm going to get in trouble. I know that. But another thing my wife does, she'll say, I love you, baby. She'll come in and she'll say, What do you want for dinner? Lasagna? No, you're not getting that. A steak? No, no, we're not having a steak. Pork chops? No. Spaghetti? No. Pretty soon I'm like, What's left? What, what, what's left? <laughs> See, we, are, we just don't like, you know, God, I need you to do something. And God says, okay, this is what I'm doing. No, God, that's not going no, to work. Well, how about if I do that? No, God, no, 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 no. We already say, God, this is what you have to do to answer my prayer. This is what I need you to tell me. This is what I need you to say to me. And we already have him in that funnel of what he's supposed to do. The hardest thing is to hear God with an open heart and say, God, whatever you want to do is okay. Whatever you want to do, God, I'm going to surrender to that. Hebrews 3, 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith to today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provoca- provocation in the day te- of temptation in the wilderness. Harden not your hearts. If you will hear my voice, don't shut it out. Don't shut out what I'm trying to tell you. Learn the lesson that I'm trying to teach you. We struggle to know God, but God already knows us. Isn't that what the text said? Way back there in, what was that, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. We have a God that knows us. My daughter knows how to deal with Landon because she knows Landon. But she doesn't deal with Landon the way she does Zachary. And she doesn't deal with Zachary the way that she does Addie and on down the line. Every one of them's different. Every one of us is different. But God knows how to deal with you because God knows you. He knows you intricately. He created you. And so He knows what you need at the time. And we struggle to know Him, but we follow Him. What does that mean? Does that mean that we do everything God says all the time, every time, without question? You ever have a child do that? No, they don't. They don't. (laughs) They don't. Even the best child who is a people pleaser is going to disobey. They're going to do wrong. They're going to do what they, they're not supposed to do. And we understand that as parents. Nobody here ever planned to have a child and said, that's going to be the perfect kid. My kid will never lie. My kid will never disobey. My kid will never make messes. They're going to be, they're going to be the perfect little kid. If you thought that, you got very, very fooled and you were traumatized later on when you found out they're not like that at all. But if not, they don't love you. They love you. Your mom, your dad, they love you. But this thing called life gets us torn in different directions and we fail and we sin. And folks, we are sinners. We deal with that sinful nature in us all the time and we fight with it. But that does not mean that we're rejecting God. That means that we're sinning. And what does God do? He chastens us and He brings us back in and loves us. Just like we do to our kids when they fail. 1 Kings 19.11 says, And He said, Go forth and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, but the lord was not earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small voice hmm. see what we need to do sometimes is realize that god is speaking to us and he's not yelling he's not yelling He's just trying to talk to us, just trying to get our attention, just trying to get in there. And we're looking for the dramatic, especially the us that came from the Pentecostal background. And we're like, we want the supernatural. We want somebody running the back of the pews and we want somebody dancing and shouting. We want to see a miracle. We want to see all of this. And God in the midst of all of that is speaking to us the whole time. And you know what? You don't have to be a Pentecostal to hear his voice. You don't have to be a Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran or anything else. You know what you have to be? A child of God to hear that voice. There doesn't have to be drama. There doesn't have to be a show. There doesn't have to be some kind of a miracle. There needs to be ears that are in tune to hear what God is trying to tell us. The world around us is ignoring the voice of God. And so are Christians. And so are churches. And so are ministers. And so are nations. They're ignoring the word and the, the, the message that God is trying to tell us. When ministries around us, and they're happening in scores, are just saying, I'm not going to preach that anymore because it's offensive. You know, I have a surprise for you. The Bible is offensive. This is the most offensive book that was ever written. It offends people. They don't want to hear how they're supposed to live. They don't want to hear that what they're doing is sinful. They don't want to hear about a place called heaven and a place called hell. They don't want to hear all of that. It offends them. And if you're going to preach this book without offending somebody, you're going to preach about 5% of it, if you're lucky. (laughs) Let's just stick to the love. Nobody's bothered by the love. Let's just stay there. Let's just talk about God being full of love and and how He loves us and gave Himself for us and that is truth and praise the Lord for it. But heaven and hell are truth and sin is truth and it's all truth. and God speaks to us through that. You know how you teach a child not to do things? You teach them that those things are wrong. You teach them what is right, and you teach them what is wrong. God teaches us what is right, and He teaches us what is wrong. But when you pick up a devotional book, I'm fairly certain you won't find a thing in there about not sinning. It's all going to be about how to have a great day, how to be blessed, how to be joyful, how to be peaceful. God is so good to us. God blesses us. God is with us. Devotional books have very little about holiness and righteousness and, and doing the things that God tells us to do. Obedience is sacrifice. But the best devotional book in the world is this one right here because it gives us what God is trying to tell us. I see a lot of things about the president. Now they're saying that he's got his inner circle of people that pray for him and, and so many people are, are uh, teaching him the word and that he is in the word and in prayer. And I pray, I hope and pray that he is. I My heart goes... <laughs> With all my heart, I hope and pray that he is. But more than anything else, he needs to learn to listen to that word. He needs to learn to listen to what that book is trying to tell him. What the word of God is trying to say. What God is trying to say. You can't lead a nation. You can't lead a home. You can't lead a business. You can't lead anything without hearing the voice of God first. That's where it's at. Would you pray with me? Father, I look to you, Lord, on behalf of us today. I look to you, Father. There is so much that you're trying to tell us. There is so much that you're trying to say. I believe, Lord, that the things that are happening in the world today are you giving warning. You trying to give us atten- get our attention, Lord. I believe that. But, Lord, I don't believe that The things that change our lives and change our hearts are necessarily in those storms or in those earthquakes. They are in that voice that speaks. But Lord, so often our ears are closed. So often life is in the way. So often distraction is in the way. We get distracted. We get pulled 50 different directions and we don't hear what you're trying to tell us. I pray for these people right now. Each one of us here, I pray, God, that you will open our ears to hear and receive from you. God, I want us to hear from you. I want us as a church to hear from you. I want as a pastor to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you will direct. Hallelujah.